0: Welcome to Germany versus USA, Jim. How many chestnut trees did you recognize this year, or this season, or the in the recent days, compared to I don't know, like in June?
1: Hold on, we have a fire.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you burning chestnuts?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, no. So. <coughs> I'm actually just breathing in uh, melted burning plastic. So I uh, I just caught my easel on fire as we were opening <laughs> opening the show. So <laughs> hello everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so it seems to be okay. Surely it's not good for me to breathe in um, chestnuts, Alex.
0: Let's mm-hmm. see. No. It's, to, I... to me, it's like it's it's like the only time when, you know, whenever people recognize... Because I, I honestly, I have no clue about the different kind of trees. But like in fall, I will recognize one tree. And that's the castanian balm, chestnut tree. But any other time of the year, I <laughs> won't know any of the tree. Well, cherry tree, like in, in April, May, perhaps, because they're blossoming. But that's barely it with trees and plants with me.
1: Okay. So... I know this to be a thing of, like, if you are a child in Germany, maybe I shouldn't say I know this, but I've heard the grapevine. It's a big thing when fall comes in Germany as a kid, and the chestnuts mm-hmm. fall down, right? And so you go in, you have, like, arts and crafts, and you yeah, do yeah, chestnuts. Yeah. Um, you use, like, toothpick so, and,
0: and stick them together and, like, you know, build little animals or whatever, figures, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. So I think... I'm sure we do that somewhere in the States. I always get chestnuts and Buckeyes mixed up. Uh, you know, like buck, Buckeyes are like more in, in the Midwest. Um, what you know for but Yeah, they look just like a chestnut, but they're, I think they're separate. I don't think they're the same thing. Oh yeah. but where yeah. I, where I, I grew up in a region heavily with like pine trees and oaks and maples. And so part of what we would do instead of chestnut collecting as a kid we'd go and collect pine cones and then you'd have the pine cones Mm -hmm. and you would do you do the same thing like you'd make like a fake little turkey or you know a reef or 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 something for like fall decor right but Mm
0: -hmm. now 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 that pine cones yeah
1: yeah. And now that I'm an adult, I realize it was just how can we get these kids outside for <laughs> twenty-five minutes and like give them something to do? <laughs>
0: go, go pick up sticks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Actually talking about picking up something, Jim. I this is crazy because this literally just happened fifteen minutes ago. I got some pictures from sent from my family and um so literally, right now in the pan frying, are and give me ten seconds to send you the image. Ah, mushrooms!
1: Look at that. That looks good. Are that's all those, a mush- That's a lot of mushrooms. Now, did your parents? Oh yeah, you just answered my question. So they went. They went mushroom hunting. So all are they home? or Are they traveling somewhere to do this?
0: Uh, No, they are home. They're home, like in our in our neck of the woods. uh, You can actually go mushroom picking, and um, I'm kind of triggered to go back to my parents' house. Not going (laughs) to do it right now because (laughs) I'm kind of on the edge of like something about to happen, so I kind of can't leave. (laughs) But I'm really torn. Really torn. There's only a.
1: only a German would be like I'm kind of triggered because I just really really need to go <laughs> <laughs> mushroom picking. <laughs> it's got to do it. Oh man, yeah, that's there's... a good haul because the mushroom season had been not great for a few years. So that yeah, seems like a pretty good, pretty good gathering.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was warm enough and uh, it rained enough in like the last couple of weeks, so that we actually had. Uh, I had a really, really good season of mushrooms. I guess I need to find spots here in Hamburg where I can get them. I'm just super excited. Now, when,
1: again. so yeah, staying with the
0: fall theme. So,
1: honestly, your parents are mushroom picking, uh, and when you were a kid, obviously, is that how yeah. you would? <laughs> yeah, is that how you would kick off fall? I mean, you know, here in the yeah. states, it's college football starting. And back home, is it, <laughs> we're going to pick up some mushrooms. Like so, what, what kicks off
0: fall for you in that, in
1: that sense?
0: So you buy beer, pay like hundreds of dollars for tickets, get slammered, hammered and like sloppy joes. And we go into the woods and pick mushrooms. <laughs> That's how you and, enter and you fall wonder
1: off. why one country has a mental health crisis in the other. <laughs> uh, not,
0: I think we're on par with that. Um uh, but, yeah, like, actually, the picking mushroom thing is, to me, like, that's a tradition that I, back in the days when I was a kid, even with my grandparents, we would go out and go into the woods and pick mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, this again, I'm from the countryside, so this might be unique to the area there. But I think also, like, in the cities, people would go out and, and pick mushrooms. It's a little tricky because you got to know your mushrooms, right? Um, and if you don't, I mean, a couple, couple people each year die because they... Ate the wrong mushrooms. I mean, that just happens. It's, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and I remember a kid when I was small. Like a kid, um, like a befriended family in our neighborhood, they went mushroom picking, and one of the kids was still very young, like i don't know, like three or four years old, and he ate mushrooms like outside. He just grabbed them and ate them, and they had to actually like you know, get his stomach pumped out basically so like um but he was fine then but yeah you got to be careful and you got to know your mushrooms so um there were actually really cool classes i mean i'm not sure if this will surprise you but you can go to like mushroom picking classes and they will you know people will go with you through the forest and show you which, mu- which mushrooms you can eat and which you can't and yeah it's uh it's a thing
1: no that uh, that brings back a memory from when i was a child i was in second grade and I'll never forget one day at recess, a bunch of the little girls in my class had been outside picking strawberries. Mm. Um, but they're not like the strawberries that you get at the grocery store. They are they make you sick. And mm. uh, they're really little small strawberries. And so we came in from recess. And then one little girl, Sarah, I won't mention her last name, uh, <laughs> she threw up. And then the next little girl threw up. And then the next thing we knew, (laughs) 30 little kids are just vomiting (laughs) in my second grade class. And it... It's a memory that's never left me. I'm sure it's never left the teacher in charge and the staff that had to come in <laughs> and <laughs> clean like up the disaster <laughs> disaster area that was. Um, and after that, no one was allowed to pick the, the wild strawberries that were out in the fields oh, by shit. where I went to elementary school.
0: But uh, but seriously, back to like fall traditions. So tailgating is starting right now. Is that something that brings to you? Like, I mean, you know, it's getting colder outside. I guess you need to, you know, wear like warmer clothes. But then you hang outside and like tailgate before uh, like a state state football also starting same time or okay
1: yes. So so you have so yeah football obviously very like it signals the start of fall it's it starts at the end of summer but Mm -hmm. what you're discussing is this is the time of year people love to be outside be outside to tailgate you know enjoy festivities before going into a game and then you know it's all traditional fall activities here i mean we have you know in a a way like you kick off carnival right somewhere around this time um,
0: november 11th yeah
1: Okay, so a little later, right? So we're we're kicking off Halloween season where people will decorate. So people will either do like a Halloween decor with like Mm -hmm. ghosts and you know ghouls and whatever, and try to scary stuff. Or people will do like fall, like pumpkins, you know, hay bales, you know, stuff like that, and. Yeah, but it's, the region of the country I live in, it's perfect because we get to be outside. The weather's really nice. Get to take the kid out on like hay rides and mm-hmm. take her to pumpkin patches and, and do all that stuff. So it's it's it it is here upon us. Um, and everyone has a little different thing, but football tailgating that's that's huge. That's that really does signal fall for good or bad. Alex. There's some drama going on today in Germany. So at the time of this recording, it is Wednesday, October 19th. And the news I saw this morning is your spy chief has been let go.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, he's the boss of the BSI, which is the Bundesamt für Sicherheit und Informationstechnik. So it's not really spy chief. It's more about, like, information technology, rather. Um, spy chief. So Okay, spy you can call them <laughs> Well, the spy it's,
1: so it's the difference between the American equivalent of we have the CIA and then mm-hmm. we have the NSA. And my understanding is that's closer to the NSA for, for information gathering and everything. Um, that's, like, the <laughs> subtle difference. But it's still Intel regardless.
0: Yeah, but it's also Very technical. Very technical. But yeah, but it is, it, it's related to that also. Like, anyway, so um, his guy's name is Arne Schönbohm. And so after the story is um, a German, well, what we call him? Actor, presenter, set, satirist, um, Jan Böhmermann, everyone in Germany will know some, very, very, very popular and famous. Um, he made a show about, that BSI chef about Arne Schönbaum, um, basically kind of revealing that he is member of a certain um, Verein, uh, like of a certain, um, yeah, like it's almost like a lobby group kind of thing um, that is also relations to Russia. And and spoiler alert, I think the story was was made a little bigger by Jan Böhmermann than it actually was. Um, but anyway, um he the that boss. He was basically let go by the uh, by the ministry of by by the In Minister basically, uh, In Ministerin Profezer in Germany. So like a high you know high profile like a Secretary of State for Internal Affairs in Germany. Um, and backstory is he was basically with the CDU party that is no longer in the government. So he has been in that position for many, many years and he's been criticized at the beginning also, because he's not very like the, he's just not very informed on the topics about like security and internet security and information. He just doesn't, didn't really know what, what, what was it all about, but he has been doing the job for many years now. And he, is in the wrong party though, because the government is built by the SPD and the Green Party, and he's in the City So this was kind of like a good opportunity for the current government to just kind of like kick him out and be like, uh okay, let's let him go. Even though um the actual like scandal that was being made out of it, I don't think it was actually that uh that severe. That big. Yeah. Well Barman, Barman is that how you say Jans
1: Bormann. Uh, B- 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 uh, Boomerman. Bo- yeah. He he's kind of known for this, so right. This isn't his first time like being involved in what I'd say more. Like, when I think of our like late night entertainers, say they, mm-hmm. they they satire current events and they are, they can be very political, but their influence kind of stops there.
0: Yeah, right? they're kind even of re- though like yeah, yeah, yeah. They are retelling right, stories, like, right? Uh, ye- and what Böhmermann does is actually—it it has become investigative, like journalism, also like with like a high level of entertainment and satire f- factor, and which is kind of—it's good <clears throat> because the stuff he reveals is like is actually it's it's worth revealing and it should be at the center of the discussions. And he has a show at ZDF Magazine Royale, uh, broadcasted every Friday night, um, half an hour long, and. Since about a year, or perhaps a little longer, like his format is basically he picks one topic and he basically says or he discusses the the topics or the background of the story kind of like this, and he you know often likes something that is societally can be criticized or should be criticized or you know should change, um, and so. <sighs> And it's a, it's a weird mix of investigative journalism and satire, right? Usually you have investigative Mm -hmm. journalism that is sincere and severe and is being, you know, like objectively being portrayed and, you know, articles or whatever. And since he's mixing it with satire, it gives him a little more freedom. And also, I don't know, I think it's, it's all important. But it's also a little bit weird mix of things, right? Because you sometimes you don't know what is satire, what is real, what's not real, what's funny, and so I mean, the stuff he does is, I think, is super important. Uh, but it's also you gotta always be a little careful at like watching the stuff he does. He reveals.
1: <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of John Oliver. So John Oliver mm-hmm. ha- has a show that's very similar.
0: I was, I was interviewed uh, by him. Remember?
1: I know. And, uh, <laughs> so your old friend John Oliver. I um, uh, yeah. So he has he, it's he has a show that's similar. I also just a side note. Thinking of like what's real versus what's satire. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest I've ever heard you laugh is when you re- read the uh, the story of John McCain getting locked in his tour bus. <laughs> 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 was okay, so great. So, yeah,
0: so a little bit of that like what's true what's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, summarizing the story, but yeah, it's so it's for anyone who is perhaps like a German learner for instance. I mean, watching that show is like linguistically watching the ZDF Magazine Royale show because you can watch it like on the the uh, online also is linguistically quite difficult but super interesting and gives you just a good insight and like Many, many, like, people of, like, our age or, like, from the mid-20s to, the like, the late-30s, um, they're watching, or, like, Jan Böbermann's show or listening to his podcast. And so he has quite an influence on our generation, I think. That's that's for sure. When I was in kindergarten, Jim, well, I was not really good at, like, crafting, at basteln, right? Like, uh, the stuff we talked about earlier with pine cones or whatever, chestnuts, maroon. Not a big fan as a child. Not a big fan. Um, it was like sticky. I don't know. And I wasn't good at it. Uh, and what I particularly was not excited about is actually building lanterns. Do you know where I'm going to, where I'm going at? I think.
1: Are you talking about the. You're talking about floating, like flying paper lanterns,
0: right? The, I'm not sure what you mean by flying, but I mean, they're hanging at like a little stick or something, right?
1: oh but, so i'm thinking of i'm thinking of like the miniature like hot air balloons that you see like if in vietnam
0: right the i was just gonna say Southeast asia like, they the, use them a lot right but right tourists <laughs> yeah right so sorry let's rephrase it so tourists think Southeast asian countries use these lanterns a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're like oh yeah they'll pay
1: for that <laughs> uh, you know what we will we will pay for it, <laughs> um, but no
0: these these are actually lanterns. Um, those I haven't seen in Germany. Actually, these are lanterns that are like y- you can imagine those, perhaps a little smaller, and then like they're night actually,
1: Watchmen lanterns. Yes,
0: yeah, they're, they're yeah, like on okay. sticks, and uh, so kids can hold them. And that's what I'm going at at the St. Martin's Tag oder Martins Umzug, which is uh, in November, um, and I think it's always. It's always November 11th, I think. Yeah, always November 11th. The same day carnival season starts. Also, by the way, um, and you will in that week or around that day or on that day, um, many Martins Umzüge, like you know, will happen. So you will have a bunch of often like kids and their parents and age. The kids are usually, you know, kindergarten through I don't know, perhaps third fourth grade. Um, and they will just wander around the city. Have everyone has a little lantern with like uh, lights in there or candles sometimes, and uh, they walk around and sing songs like Christmas or Martin's songs. Okay, so that's that's like
1: very seems very innocent. And then when they get a little older, they're like, "Now we're going to hit the the club for carnival." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's cool. I I actually don't think I've witnessed that, or if I did, I was. No, looking, well, looking into get get elsewhere. I guess I we don't. I think have there, there's also only really similar two, to that.
0: There's only two age groups when you're interested in the Saint Martin thing. It's when you're a child and when you're a parent. <laughs> in between, <laughs> not as exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, but that was like so. It's almost back to like the craft of like. Okay, you get to make yeah. this lantern and and do all that. No, that's that's good. We don't we don't have that. Um, at least not not where I grew up doing it. I mean, it is it is more arts and crafts season, but I would I would enjoy doing that today. I think, and then just have a little little lantern going around. Um, I mean, and
0: there is there is kind of like the background story of it is. Um, let's try if I can get it together. So so there was a Martin. It's like Christmas
1: that, carol- caroling. Oh, but yeah, a little bit, for, a little bit. but yeah.
0: it's, it actually it has like a social story behind it. So there was this holy dude called martin i think it was martin from Tours. It's the city of Tours in france and i think he was riding on his horse and he had like a fancy like jacket or whatever like uh, honest like yeah, a riding rope coat. kind of thing yeah riding coat and long story short there was like a beggar or like a poor man who was shivering and he was said to have like stopped talked to him, and actually gave him half of his coat like he that he like i think i remember like I think he cut the the coat with his like sword or something and gave half of his his coat to the beggar or to like the poor poor person in the uh uh in the street. I think then like Jesus revealed himself to him or I don't remember something, but then they made it like a okay. high so That there's like, yeah, because he did like a good And then the good Scientologist good. came down and <laughs> <it> just, <laughs> you know, it just
1: got it just got strange. It's you know what? It's like watching yeah. a French movie. You think you know what's going on, but you really just don't. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, we've talked a little bit about fall, but I do have a, a more serious question because as as you start moving into colder weather how's everything going um at home and in europe in general with with the energy crisis
0: well my parents bought a lot of wood <laughs> so, <laughs> and they and many people are actually at this point i mean it's a little scary but uh yeah, people are worried definitely uh i actually had um I had uh, like someone come to our house cuz some of our like windows I mean they're all fine but they weren't properly adjusted so you you had like mm-hmm. little like air coming through and so people are doing that kind of stuff just making sure that everything is properly adjusted basically so people are looking at that right now and the politics are making plans to support like people to you know just give um money for depending on how much power you use how much gas you use uh, you will get like some support from the government basically um but there's a huge discussion right now that's almost splitting up the current government about nuclear power plants in germany and i think i want to go back in time and perhaps give a brief recap of um the german story of of nuclear power plants so um yeah i mean
1: just for me real quick on that it's it's, it's crazy because you have two huge problems. You have the near term problem of just this, this winter, right? Mm-hmm. Right now. And then you have a long term energy crisis that you're going to have to figure out. Um, and even before everything that's happened this last year, you were already. Germany was in flux with their energy strategy anyway. And so it yeah. just couldn't yeah. have been worse timing.
0: Yeah. I mean, Germany was just. Uh, Terrible. And that's also a little to blame on like the Merkel government of the last like 16 years or before this government. We didn't invest enough into renewable energies. We should have invested just in the early 2000s, just way more. Anyway, talking about the nuclear power plants. So Germany has, you know, has, has, you know, since, I don't know, since when, but probably since the 50s has always had these nuclear power plants because they're, you know, they provide a lot of power. Um, They are, apart from um, the Waste that you get, the nuclear waste, which is still kind of a big problem. Where to put that stuff after it's being used? But besides that, it's a fairly clean energy source, actually. Um, But it remains the problem where to put, you know, these thousands of tons of like nuclear waste. Um, But Germany has been using that, and in the eighties or in the nineties, especially from like the Green Party, there have been a lot of protests uh, against um, nuclear power, and Uh, where, because it was just the question of like, hey, where are you gonna put, you know, all the waste? And so you had these, you know, these huge protests against the, the transports of, of nuclear waste. So people would chain themselves to like train tracks. They would chain themselves to, um, you know, to trains actually would block it. And that was like a a huge thing in like the 80s and 90s. Um, but anyway, Germany kept nuclear power. And in 2000, I think it was 2012, uh, when, a tsunami hit Japan, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually caused uh, Angela Merkel who is uh, you know who studied um, physics right and do- has a doctor in physics, so she knows what she's talking about. It basically made her turn around 180 degrees. She just a couple days after um, after the tsunami um, hit Japan, she declared that Germany will uh, eventually stop using nuclear power plants. And that was targeted for December 2022, like, you know, December 31st, 2022. So the end of this year um, was supposed to be the end of like nu- nuclear power plants. And in the last 10 years, um, I think Germany still had, at that point still had like 12, 13, 14, 15 power plants running. And that has been um, limited down to like three par- nuclear power yeah. plants that are running right now. For-
1: yeah just for more context see Germany's power source this year from nuclear is around like 12 13%. So they had really you know, you'd really wane down yeah. on the usage of of the plant services.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um so um yeah, you're yeah, I think used to be 17 now we're like 3 and supposed to end end of December. Now War in Ukraine, right? We have an energy crisis. Gas is not coming in anymore. Um, and the way you would also one way to actually create like um, electric power is actually through burning gas. So it's even though nuclear power plants are like responsible for electricity mostly, right? Um, there is a correlation between like gas and, and and these power plants. And so now there's a huge debate on perhaps to extend the nuclear power plants for, and then there's different, different opinions. The green party wants to end them basically, or only extend them a few months. The FDP, the liberal party wants to, um, wants to, you know, let them run until like 2024 and most likely even longer, like many, many years longer, because the thing is if you buy, you, you need like the fuel rods, right? And these last for years and so they planned everything so that the fuel rods in these three remaining power plants are supposed to run out in the next you know couple of months basically or or in the next half year perhaps perhaps year um, and so now there's a huge debate between the green party and the liberal party and <laughs> it's and it's, it's, the thing is like the, the the actual impact it makes on our like energy supply is between like three to five percent It's like minimum, right? It's minimum. Oh, I Um, didn't
1: realize it was so minimum. So even that's only near term though, as you get stand up more and more
0: plants, if you, well, if you, of course, if you open up more plants, yes. But I mean, right now, like the power plants are just providing, you know, single digit percentage in power um, as of today. So but it's a political thing because it has been politicized in like the 80s and 90s so much, like the nuclear power discussion. And there's, I mean, everyone in their head in Germany has like these these stickers, Atomkraft, nein danke. So you would see those like all around and there are still huge protests against like nuclear power uh, plants. And so <laughs> it's just a huge debate. And for the first time in this government, Olaf Scholz, good of Olaf, he actually uh, used his power and decided that these power plants will run longer than December 31st. They will run until April 15th of 2023. Uh, Olaf Scholz kind of dissolved the fight between the two different parties in the government.
1: He bought some time politically while we try to figure out more to do. I mean, it's look, it's a real question. I mean, between uh, natural disasters like what happened in Japan to mm-hmm. human error that's happened mm-hmm. before to now conflict it's 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 hard cuz you're like i mean
0: i, 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 I don't are know what they... super passionate about them also right
1: oh yeah and actually when you said that germany had 17 18 plants at the height i was surprised by that number uh, that's do you know the the distribution between plants in the east and west? I guess we could Google that. Uh, I just wonder how many. Uh, like it? I think the, the United yeah, States has, depending on what what I Google, but I mean, we have anywhere between sixty to ninety. I, th- um, mm-hmm. I think like I think we have like ninety reactors and fifty five plants, and then it breaks down. But you think of the land mass and the power needs versus. Yeah, in Germany yeah, yeah. like 17 seemed like a pretty high number <laughs> um, you know but I I maybe it's the size of plant or whatever I, I don't know all that information but I was yeah, surprised.
0: I mean, th- th- that's that's super important like how much you know power they can actually produce, right? Um I'm not sure about the distribution before. I think they're fairly well like distribu like well distributed around all of Germany. Um the last three ones are one is in uh, Bavaria, one is in Baden-Württemberg and one is actually really close to uh, my hometown one is in Lingen um, okay. and so and the thing is like there's this, it's been discussions about and this is where you see how what an effect like renewable energies have because in the north of Germany we are going to be most likely fine um, with like electricity because we have the wind plants. Uh, like the uh, the uh, wind energy coming from the Baltic Sea, and we just in the northern states, we have like a bunch of like wind energy, uh, uh, like uh, wind generators installed, right? And Bavaria, for instance, they refused to install these, uh, and they didn't also want like the power lines running down because you need you know you need to bring the power from the sea from the offshore like wind generators, you need to bring the power down to the south of Germany, and Bavaria didn't even want like the power lines going through their like state, basically. And now they're screwed. <laughs> that's, it's, I mean, it's just that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, and so the s- two southern like uh, power plants, they will probably need to run for sure just to keep like the the system stable, basically. But the northern one in Lingen, um, it's perhaps not as necessary as the two ones in the south.
1: Yeah. No. It's it's an interesting conversation, just because and, of the long term yeah. ramifications, right? Of of because this. I I don't see you know in the next few years the the gas situation with Russia getting resolved right I think it's right, that's yeah it's going to take some time probably yeah <laughs> it's going to take some time and it's Germany. It's it's Europe, uh, but the power crisis is something that's going to have to be addressed. I, knew, I know. France has a pretty good nuclear infrastructure already. Well,
0: well. Uh, he, he, here's the thing about the sorry that I'm interrupting you. This time I'm apologizing, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> I know um, you hate the
1: French, Alex. It's okay. <laughs>
0: um, but actually, we've been we've been giving like electricity, sending electricity over to France. Because half of their like uh, uh, um, nuclear power generators are not working; they're old, they need to be repaired. Ah. See, I was wrong. I thought France doubled down
1: like a couple years ago on they did on their nuclear infrastructure. (laughs) Okay,
0: they've they've been investing, but that's the other problem that is not being talked about too much with like nuclear power. It's so freaking expensive. It's just way more expensive than uh, than renewable energies because the maintenance is just crazy high um, and mm-hmm. the security um, like meeting the six se- security guidelines that you need for like a nuclear power plant are just super super expensive so for the last I think half a year um, for two reasons one like technically the f- French reactors needed to be like uh, just worked on so they were off half of them were off and the second reason was there was not enough water in the rivers to cool down like, oh uh, yeah uh, and so, I mean, that's where you actually see like, uh, <laughs> like the problems are melting together. <laughs> like, oh, we absolutely, you know, there's not enough water in the river. We can't cool down the nuclear power plants. Like, yeah, perhaps we should change something about the system here. So anyway,
1: my parents bought a ton of firewood. <laughs> <Yes>. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh that's kind of where that stands man that's yeah that's it's tough at least now and this is such an unfortunate situation where we're so reactive oh, a lot of times where something terrible has to happen for us to like actually move but you do see that renewed interest in renewables you do yeah. see you know and hopefully that will be the path forward eventually
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of like the, that's actually the uh, deciding point in Germany right now to be like, Hey, we know we're right now in deep trouble, but let's not go to the, like the easy solutions. Let's make sure we are making like the long-term sustainable solutions right now, even though we are under pressure. And I think that's where, what it's like all about, like, Hey, and and I don't know which one is more feasible, but I think that's like the, the, the center of the discussion right now in Germany also basically maintaining quality of life as we have with energy but also making like smart decisions about sustainable uh, power in the future
1: alex i think that's it for us today so thank you everyone for listening to germany vs usa have a wonderful fall if you don't hear from us for a few weeks but until then y'all take it easy tschüss